Has any of you watched the soccer over the, whenever it was, the past? It reminds Tanjan of a, an example that the Venerable Ajahn Chah gave. Uh, he said it's as if uh, you're cheering for the, the red ants and the black ants, you know, when they're, they're fighting each other. And, uh, you know, if you're going for one side, if you want the red ants to win or the black ants to win, if they win, then, uh, then you, your mind goes to heaven. And if uh, they, they lose, then you, your mind drops down to a lower realm. And it's uh, very similar to when you're watching the, the soccer. So when the team that you're cheering for uh, wins and you're very happy, you're delighted, but uh, when, if the, the team that you're going for loses, then you, you know, you're very sad and, and your, your mind uh, drops down a bit. So we can uh, reflect on, on the soccer in, uh, in terms of Dhamma. Uh, it's a way of training the mind. And so, you know, whatever team wins or whatever team loses, you know, you have a, a mind that uh, has, has kindness for both sides. Uh, so if they win, uh, then it's okay. And if, it's, if they lose, then it's also okay. So, uh, you know, your mind doesn't get too delighted, too excited if uh, the team you're going for wins. Uh, this is because uh, when you're... Uh, delighted or overly delighted, then this is what we call uh, dukang. Dukang uh, is, uh, is, is, means suffering, it's translated into suffering. Uh, this is because uh, these states that arise, uh, they don't uh, last uh, you know, forever. They, they're of the nature to, to cease as well. And so uh, you know whether they win. You know the, this un, this state that arises. You may be happy, but this will pass. Or if uh, there's sadness arising from where, when uh, your team that you're going for loses, you know this will also pass. And so both of the sides are states of tukang or, or suffering. So tukang, this this Pali word, uh, it literally means uh, it, it it doesn't really mean uh, suffering in terms of sadness and unhappiness. It's more uh, the the meaning would be. Uh, translated as it, it's unable to permanently stay in that state and so it's, uh, it's uh, changing and so when we say anicca dukkha anatta uh, this dukkhang means that it's, it's unable to stay in that state and uh, we can look at it in terms of the body the body itself is dukkhang which means that uh, it's of the nature to grow old to get sick and to die and this is uh, dukkhang, this truth of, of uh, uh, suffering uh, or dukkhang showing itself where the body is unable to sustain, sustain itself permanently in this way. <clears throat> and so uh, the practice of dhamma or the practice of the mind uh, is about training uh, in the way that when whatever state arises within the mind, uh, whether it's uh, happiness, uh, or delight, or suffering, or, or uh, uh, states of anger, or if there's uh, like or dislike, then uh, you have to see that these uh, states are of the nature to arise uh, and then pass away. And so knowing this in time, knowing this as it occurs, uh, this is what will lead one to see the Dhamma. Uh, so when we're all 
having to to live in this world, to uh, go out, go about our duties in this world, uh, then it's very important to keep a watch over the mind. Uh, you know, you have to notice and be aware of when there are states of uh, happiness or states of uh, sadness or suffering arising. And when these states arise, then you have to know, oh, it's just like this. Uh, they're just of the nature to arise and pass away. And so all things uh, are, are not permanent. They're not, not a sure thing. Uh, you know, for instance, you may meet uh, a certain person and you, you like this person a lot, so you're uh, very happy uh, to see them, uh, to be with them. Uh, but another person uh, you may dislike, uh, you may have feelings of anger towards, and, uh, and you don't want to be with them. And so you can see uh, just in this example how uh, the mind uh, will change uh, quite quickly. And uh, our duty or our practice is to know all these states of mind uh, as they arise, know them uh, uh, in time, be aware of them, uh, and you know, to be aware of, of all these mind states. So when we come to practice the Dhamma, uh, our goal is to, to reduce the suffering that occurs within the mind. Uh, the goal isn't uh, for there to be absolutely no suffering at all to occur in the mind. This is, this is not the goal. Uh, the goal is that when these uh, states or moods of uh, sadness, unhappiness arise, then uh, you have to have mindfulness there to, to know it in time, to be aware of it as it arises. Uh, so it's not about us just feeling nothing at all uh, within the mind. That's not the, the goal of the practice. And so uh, as you practice like this more, then you'll notice that uh, the mind is one thing and uh, these uh, mental objects or mind states are, an, are something else. Uh, they're not together. But if uh, we don't practice or if uh, our mind isn't developed enough, then we're constantly uh, getting these two mixed up and uh, the mind uh, is the same as these moods and objects. So whatever moods and objects arise, then the mind follows uh, and becomes that. And so uh, this is the mind that gets attached to, to feelings of happiness or sadness. And so when we practice developing uh, uh, concentration, developing samadhi, uh, then we, our minds are able to slowly uh, uh, st uh, step back from, from all these uh, moods and emotions that uh, we are usually attached to. So Venerable Ajahn Chah taught uh, us this in a very easy way uh, that we could practice by uh, he said to see all states as, as uh, not a sure thing, uh, something uh, yeah, that's not sure. And so whether it's liking in the mind, you know, this is not a sure thing. Or if there's disliking in the mind, this is also not a sure thing. For instance, if uh, you, you think of a certain food that you, you find very delicious, uh, that is your favorite food, uh, you know, this is also not a sure thing. Uh, you know, try eating that food every single day, uh, non-stop and see if you still like it after that time. You know, it's not a sure thing. And so seeing this is uh, the way that, that uh, Venerable and Chah taught. Uh, for example, uh, there's an there's a example of this, this monk. Uh, he went on Tudong, uh, we call wandering, uh, 
to, to a secluded place. He went up to the northeast of Thailand to spend the, the rains retreat there, the, the, the wasa there. And uh, the area where he wanted to spend uh, these three months uh, was supported only by very poor villages. And so they only grew their own uh, pumpkins there. And so uh, the villagers went up to this monk and asked him, you know, do you like uh, pumpkin? Because we, we, we don't have much else here. You know, we only can give you this food. And so uh, this monk actually liked it a lot. So he said, yeah, it's fine. I, I, I like it a lot. You know, there's no problem. I can, I can uh, last three months uh, with just pumpkin. And so every day they'd offer uh, you know, pumpkin for, for food, they'd boil it, they'd, they'd uh, make it into with vegetables, everything would be with pumpkin. And then with dessert, you know, sweet pumpkin uh, again. And so you know, eventually after eating this every single day, uh, he got very bored of it. And so uh, usually a monk has to spend the three months in one place, but he was so bored of this food that used to be his favorite food that he had to uh, break this uh, three months uh, you know, rains retreat and actually ran away from this area. So, you know, look, this, even this is not a sure thing. Uh, so, yeah, so, you know, from this example, just uh, reflect on your own uh, likes. You know, if, uh, think of a certain food that, that you, uh, you like a lot, uh, that you really like to eat. And so if you eat this every day, you're still going to like it or not? Uh, you know, when um, the monks and lay people go to, to India on pilgrimage, uh, you know, the Indian food is, has a lot of spices, has a lot of, uh, uh, they, you know, they put a lot of things to make a lot of taste. And, uh, you know, the Thais, when they go there, they can't really handle the food there. And so this is why when the Thais go on pilgrimage to India, they need to bring, uh, you know, boxfuls of, of food, of their own Thai food, uh, to, you know, for the duration of the trip. It's just because they can't handle the Indian food there. And so, you know, but sometimes even, uh, you know, you may go and taste some Indian food and actually really like it. You know, it's not a, not a sure thing. You know, but this liking and disliking for, uh, for food, you know, where, where does it come from? Uh, you'll notice that when you, you're used to a certain type of food, then, you know, you, you, you like this food a lot. Uh, but food that you're maybe not used to, you know, this one you may stay away from or dislike. Uh, for instance, for you know the the Westerners, they may like their Western food more, or for you know you Singaporeans, maybe you like Chinese food more. Uh, you know, the Indians like their own Indian food, uh, and so you know. But the food, what really is it? You know, the food is just food. It's uh, it's just uh, the elements there. It's not. It's not. Uh, you know, why is it that when we uh, meet certain types or cuisines of food that we have some liking and some disliking there. Uh, you know, this is just the states of mind that are arising. Uh, so the Buddha, when uh, before he he uh, left the palace, uh, when he was still a bodhisattva, uh, he was a, a prince, and uh, in the palace he would eat uh, only the very very best food. Uh, and so when he uh, left the palace and uh, you know, ordained to seek the path uh, to become a Buddha, he, he had to depend and rely on the food uh, that came from the, the villagers. And of course, this was very, very uh, different to, to the food in the palace. 
And so, you know, he couldn't really eat the food. You know, at times he'd feel like he'd, he'd have to, he'd need to throw up or, or almost throw up. It's just his, his elements in his body weren't used to that type of food. Uh, and so the Buddha had to exert a lot of uh, patience, a lot of endurance uh, to, to just bear with it, bear with these uh, the sort of complications of, of eating this food that, that he wasn't used to. Uh, he had to think uh, to himself that all this food that was offered to him by the villagers, uh, you know, no matter how poor they were, uh, these came from, from faith uh, of, of him. And so uh, in this way, he would uh, bring up this uh, reflection and he would uh, exert a lot of endurance and uh, in this way he was training the mind as well. And so for all of you as well, uh, when you uh, live uh, in the world, uh, you're going to be, uh, you're going to have a lot of uh, sense contact. And so you'll see different things, you'll, you'll hear, taste, uh, experience, many different things uh, that enter through the sense doors. And uh, you know, some of these you'll like, but other, others you won't like at all. And so when these uh, arise, the things that you, you really don't like, then uh, you also have to have a lot of uh, patience, a lot of endurance, uh, just to bear with it, just to bear with it. Don't get overwhelmed uh, with, with these uh, sensual uh, you know, pleasures or sensual uh, sufferings that, that arise. Uh, so all of us, uh, all of you have to develop this quality of uh, patient endurance, uh, being able to bear with the, the, the unpleasant things that arise. Uh, so all of you, you know, you've come from work uh, all day today, and, uh, you know, after work, a long hard day, you, you come here, uh, you sit a long time in meditation, you know, you do uh, chanting, uh, you come here, sit down and listen to this Dhamma talk, uh, and in this way, you're also practicing uh, developing this, this uh, quality of kanti or patient endurance. Uh, you know, all these people that uh, have helped to organize this, uh, this event each week, uh, Marcus, Yunyun, and Wenjia, uh, you know, they've had to give up a lot in order to, to make this succeed and uh, to give the opportunity for others to come here and listen to, to the Dhamma and have this opportunity to, to meditate and chant. And so they're giving up, but also uh, they're, they're developing these qualities of, of patient endurance. And so when, uh, when, when, I, so when I first ordained uh, when in Nong Pong, uh, I was uh, still a uh, anagarika uh, wearing... Uh, the white robes uh, in training uh, before I ordained as a monk. And then I would have to uh, have the duties to wash all the spittoons uh, you know, that, that the, the monks used to throw out all their rubbish and things uh, when they were eating. So I had the duty that I had to wash all these. Uh, and so you know, that was uh, a way that I had to practice developing this sort of uh, patient endurance. And so even when I was uh, still a uh, anagarika, when I was still in training uh, in white, then uh, there was close to where I was staying, there was this little uh, novice, uh, a little novice uh, kid. And uh, you know, the novices are considered to be uh, ahead uh, of 
the Anagarika, so he was ahead of me, even though he was uh, like a young kid. And so these little novices would come and uh, you know, they, uh, call me out and, and use me to do and this and that. And so I had this uh, sense of, you know, of uh, I, you know, sense of self coming up, you know, that, oh, you know, how can this little kid come and use me to do all these duties, you know, I'm so much older. Uh, but the Venerable Ajahn Chah, he taught us to put down these feelings of, of self, uh, of this attachment to self, of I and, and mine. And so uh, that's how I practiced. Uh, when these feelings of self came up, you know, I, I wouldn't uh, speak or I wouldn't uh, answer uh, or I wouldn't be angry uh, on, on the outside uh, to, these, uh, to the novices or to the situation. And in this way, this is how I was training myself to develop uh, uh, samadhi or concentration. All of you have to keep training the mind each day. Uh, you have to have a lot of feelings of uh, loving kindness to to yourself, uh, but also to to others, uh, all the others around you. And so you uh, wish yourself, you know, may I be well, may I be happy, uh, and then wish all the the people around you, uh, other people uh, that uh, you know, the others around you that you know, may they also be be well, may they also be uh, happy. And so make the determination uh, uh, first thing in the morning that, uh, okay, today I'm not going to get angry uh, at other people. I'm, I'm going to forgive all the people that, uh, that, have, uh, you know, that I feel like have treated me wrongly. Uh, I won't get angry at them. Uh, you know, why do you do this? You know, it's because this uh, life of ours isn't a sure thing. You know, we all subject to old age to sickness and, and death, you know, we all uh, share in this, uh, these qualities of, of life. And so uh, it's uh, better for us to uh, practice this in this way to develop uh, peace within the mind. And the more peace that develops, you know, this will slowly grow into uh, wisdom and insight. And so when we, we come to practice, you know, we have to practice in, the, in, in how you're doing now. Uh, you have to train in being able to, to give, up, uh, uh, give up certain things. Uh, in giving up uh, your, your, some, uh, your attachments, uh, you're also learning how to forgive other people. This is what we call forgiveness, so you're forgiving other people. Uh, you know, and uh, you're not holding grudges uh, to others. Uh, you're able to, to, to put this down and let this go. And uh, you know, so by organizing this, uh, this event today and, and in the future, you know, this is a way that you're able to, to give up some of uh, your, your likings and uh, be a benefit and, and a help to others. And so uh, if there's, there's things in the mind that uh, generally make you, you feel sad or, or unhappy, you know, you have to uh, practice in being able to, to see this clearly and being able to let this go. Uh, all the things around us, whether they're material or, or of the mind, you know, they're all uh, not a sure thing. They're all uh, impermanent. And so uh, we, we, you know, we come to this world, we're looking for material wealth and, and comfort and possessions. Uh, but, you know, once we do get to acquire all these, uh, you know, what we want, uh, then we'll 
come to notice that actually the body is, is something that's impermanent. It's something that's constantly uh, breaking apart. It's decaying. It's not going to last. And so the better thing to do is to make the mind uh, pure, uh, make it calm and peaceful. Uh, this is the, the much better thing to, to aim for or to, to practice at. And so when we practice, you know, we've got to start practicing in these ways, in, in giving up uh, you know, possessions, our likes and dislikes. Uh, and in this way, uh, we slowly are training the mind. Uh, and uh, as our mind improves, then we'll notice that uh, our, the level of, of uh, unhappiness that we used to experience will slowly start to, to decrease, uh, to, to diminish. So anyone have any Dhamma uh, questions they want to ask? Or any questions? <laughs> For people that attain uh, Sotapana, does that mean that they already attain a non-self state? So, so this, uh, the the attainment to to Sotapana, they have uh, let go of this uh, view of that, that this is a self. Uh, so they've started to let go. They haven't completely let go of it, of this uh, attachment to self. Uh, because the attachment to self is something that's extremely uh, embedded, very, very firm uh, within the mind. Uh, and so the mind uh, sees that this body is, is a self, is, is ours, is us. And so... Uh, you know, it, it, it also takes all these conventions, such as uh, the, the names of, of us, you know, whatever, whatever our name is. You know, we think that this is us, and this is a very firm attachment. Or the people around us, you know, their names. Uh, you, you think that uh, those, those names are really uh, those people uh, and is really them. Uh, but if you really look into, into this body, uh, break it down into its its parts. You know, for instance, the hair of the head, hair of the body, nails, teeth, skin, uh, bones, blood. Then, you know, where are you? Where where which which part is yours? Are you the blood? Are you the the skin or the the hair? You know, which one is is really us? Uh, it's just that our our minds have such a very very firm and strong attachment to this body as a self and as us. And so uh, when we see things uh, you know, outside of us, uh, can be possessions, uh, external things, or this body, ourselves, you know, we see this as a self, you know, then this is the cause for, for our suffering to arise uh, in the mind. Uh, so if uh, we can see this body as uh, impermanent suffering and not self, uh, then this is uh, what this is the same state that uh, uh, the venerable Anyakudanya, uh, the first disciple of, of the Buddha, uh, when he when he heard the first discourse, uh, the Buddha taught of the, the nature of arising and passing away. Uh, then uh, he understood: Ah, this body isn't a self. Uh, it, it isn't me. You know, it isn't uh, uh, me, mine. Uh, you know, there's no. Uh, he, he could break down these conventions and see beyond them, basically. Uh, 
And so the mind that knows this is able to change its view. And then this change in view is what we call being able to see the Dhamma, uh, to see the truth, and is the attaining to, to Sotapanna or stream entry. I just have one question. Uh, how do you know that, uh, that you actually progress correctly uh, after a period of time? Uh, so to see whether our minds have improved, we have to compare uh, the state of our minds now and, and before, uh, even before when we started to practice. You know, we can take one uh, thing such as anger or, or uh, you know, grudges and, uh, you know, we, we see does this arise a lot? Uh, you know, if, if this, this sort of anger and resentment arises within the mind, uh, are we able to have uh, sati, uh, you know, mindfulness and awareness uh, arise alongside uh, these negative uh, states of mind? Uh, you know, has our mindfulness progressed over this period of time? You know, are we able to, to forgive uh, these people that, that, that lead us to, to, to get angry or, or upset? Uh, you know, are we able to, to let go of these grudges? Uh, you know, the level that uh, the minds uh, increase in its uh, level of awareness, mindfulness uh, within the present moment uh, and the, the level of uh, suffering and unhappiness, unha- the level that that reduces within the mind, you know, this is a sign that, uh, you know, the minds have been improving over this time. You know, for instance, uh, sorry, when we develop our meditation uh, the concentration within the mind. Uh, this is, uh, it's up sometimes, it's down sometimes, you know, it, it, it's good or bad, it can be good or bad sometimes. And so this, you know, we just keep doing, uh, but we can't really take this as our, as our judge of, of the, how our minds are improving. Uh, you know, we have to look at the, the level of mindfulness within the mind, you know, the level of mindfulness uh, within the present moment. You know, is this improving or not? and the level that uh, this sort of inner unhappiness and suffering, is this decreasing or, or not? Uh, one question, Ajahn. Uh, how do you have faith in the practice? Because sometimes I just feel like giving up and losing faith already. Thank you. So, when the level of faith that we have uh, in the practice, in the Buddha, when this decreases, uh, then you'll also find that the, the level of effort that you're willing to put in the practice uh, into these teachings uh, also diminish uh, as well. And so you have to contemplate, you have to think for yourselves that you know, this chance that I, I have uh, within this life uh, you know, not only being born uh, as a human being that's able to practice, uh, but also having the opportunity and chance to, to meet the teachings of the Buddha, uh, to be born in a time where there are the Buddha's teachings uh, that are available. Uh, you know, this is a very, very difficult uh, and uh, is such a unique opportunity that, that uh, you have. And so if you don't quickly practice, uh, then... Uh, you know, in the next life, you know, it's not a sure thing that you'll again meet uh, the teachings of the Buddha uh, and be able to practice because meeting the teachings of the Buddha is something that is incredibly difficult. Uh, 
for one Buddha to arise and to attain to, to becoming a Buddha, uh, you know, they have to make so much uh, spiritual merit uh, until it's perfected. And, uh, you know, this is something that's extremely difficult. And we don't have to do this ourselves, but, uh, you know, we simply have to follow the teachings that the Buddha uh, has given us, that has realized for himself. And so we don't have to go through all the uh, perfections that the the Buddha has has, uh, practiced, but instead just follow the teachings that he's given. And so... uh, we, we have to think and contemplate in, in this way. Uh, uh, we, we can also think that, you know, if, we're not, if we weren't a human being, if we were in a, born in another state, uh, for instance, an uh, animal realm or lower, uh, we wouldn't have the chance to, to practice like we do now. And so we can also think that uh, this life that we have is, isn't a sure thing. It's uh, something that is impermanent, you know, we don't know when uh, sickness will come for us or when death will come for us uh, because this body is something that's always changing, uh, that is uh, very unstable and impermanent. And so now we, we're still healthy, we still have energy, uh, you know, we should put forth effort in, in practice, in this uh, training of the mind. Uh, you know, don't be heedless, uh, don't be lazy in the practice. Fear, is that right? Yeah, yeah. I think, yeah during, one, during one of the sitting, yeah, uh, this brother fear. actually uh, uh, built a, a intense, uh, intense fear, mm. uh, intense fear plus uh, okay, uh, yep. so-called a uh, heartbeat actually go faster, palpitation. Oh, yeah. So, uh, how, uh, what, actually what is it and then how should he continue If uh, this occurs, then you should uh, develop uh, metta, uh, so you should spread feelings of loving kindness uh, to yourself and to others. You should develop this as a as a mental practice or as a as a meditation object. Uh, and you 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 should think to yourself uh, that uh, you should bring up the thought that you're practicing uh, as a way to uh, give homage to the Buddha. Uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's sort of like your, your puja or your offering to the Buddha, Dhamma Sangha. Uh, and, and, you know, you don't have to be scared of, of you know, dying or, or uh, you know, it's, it, that's, that's going to happen anyway. You know, it's not, it's not something that will happen in your meditation. And so uh, you can recollect uh, the Buddha by uh, the meditation mantra, Bhutto. So really uh, keep the mind with this uh, meditation mantra, Bhutto, you know, putto, putto, and really uh, keep the mind there and don't let it wander to these uh, feelings of, of, of fear and, and anxiety. Ajahn, I just want to check, uh, ask uh, this morning a uh, Malaysia airline crashed Russia borderline and uh, it's around 295 people. And as a Buddhist, normally when we have this kind of things, we would like send the meta to the, uh, those people who are involved. Um, I just wondering, is it help those people who are like? So, spreading meta for those 
that have passed away uh, in that accident, uh, airplane accident. Uh, this is a proper and appropriate thing to do as a as a Buddhist. So you wish them, uh, you know, may they be well, may they be happy, feelings of of loving kindness, uh, you know, to their spirits or wherever they may be. And uh, uh, oh yeah, uh, when all the the good deeds that you've done today, uh, by chanting, listening to Dhamma, uh, practicing, you know, you should. Uh, dedicate these merits, this goodness to, to those that have passed away in that, in that accident. <laughs>